Through the woodland, through the valley Comes a horseman wild and free Tilting at the windmills passing Who can the brave young horseman be? He is wild but he is mellow He is strong but he is weak He is cruel but he is gentle He is wise but he is meek Hey, everybody, welcome to Jagged Little Mills. You get a donkey and you get a donkey. You doing an Oprah thing? I was sort of like doing... Oprah, like Oprah running out of batteries. If we're doing like the bad improv <laughs> prompts. Thing. What if what if Robot Oprah was running a monster truck show and she ran out of batteries? Yeah. What if Oprah was the announcer at SummerSlam? Oh, dip. She, ran, she was running out of battery. Robot Oprah was hosting SummerSlam and she ran out of batteries. I love that episode. I think it would go a, a little, little something, something like, like this. this. <laughs> Jesus. And you what get a, and here? you get a suplex and you get a suplex. Welcome. This is our Don Quixote podcast. It is brought to you by the boys at Overdue, a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name is Andrew. And we are here to talk about a knight errant and his squire. Erring squire. Yeah. To borrow a joke from the text. Yeah. (laughs) Some funny stuff. We are uh, in book two of Don Quixote, and we are going to be talking about chapters 27 through 36 this episode andrew it's been a little while i have some notes what do you remember from last time there's a monkey who could tell you your past and present but not your future correct which i remember because the veil is lifted on the monkey here in chapter 27 right where we get started that is true Mm-hmm. I don't remember anything else, uh, but the, I think the monkey was kind of our segue point. The so. monkey is the segue point because the guy who owns the monkey, Master Pedro, had a puppet show that Don Quixote messed up. Yeah. And so do you want to know the incredible true story about why what the deal is with this monkey and why he knows so much Bef- that he, he shouldn't know? Before you do that, I just want to remind our listeners that mm-hmm. in the previous episode, after they went to a big cool wedding, uh, they went to the cave of Montesinos where Don Quixote right. met some wizards, he claims. He either fell asleep, <laughs> prophetic visions, or he took a nap. Yeah. Or possibly both. Uh, but he's pretty sure that it happened. So, okay. It's pretty you, sure. Yeah. And I mean, he's never steered us wrong before. So. No. Um, can you swear as a Catholic Christian and tell me the true story of Master Pedro? <laughs> Well, so you remember way, way back in the day, way back in the day, when Don Quixote ran into a bunch of prisoners on the road. Yeah. And he freed them, and then they beat him up. I do remember this. So it turns out that one of those guys is Monkey Guy. (laughs) Yes, Master Pedro. Master Pedro the Monkey Guy was one of these these guys. Jeans de Passamonte, or however. And so his his life post-prison is he has a monkey now. And when he goes to a new town, he goes around and he talks to everybody and he gets their life stories. Yeah. And then he goes to the bar and says that his monkey knows everything about them and will they pay money to hear his magical monkey. Now, I I mean, I appreciate the hustle. I've yeah. got to respect the hustle. Yes. I do, like, if you go around 
talking to everybody and getting their deepest, darkest secrets right when you get into town. I don't know that going to the local tavern and being like, hey, listen to my monkey who knows everything about your lives is like super convincing as a grift. So, but it does seem to be working for him. Yeah. The two, the one thing I, the two things there that I was struck by in the grift. One is he often does the questions, then does the puppet show, then does the monkey suit saying. Usually, oh, the it puppet said. show is so good that everybody forgets. Yes, and they're kind of distracted. The other thing it said is that sometimes he would tell people facts even if they didn't pay, just to give himself credibility. Just get a taste. Yes. Give everybody a taste. Um, also worth. Well, then there was another thing where, like, sometimes if he didn't know the answer, he would just kind of like rephrase the question yeah. and say it back to them. And in that way, it is consistent with my uh, experience of actual fortune telling. That is true. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked this quote, th- this part from the text where it says, uh, and since no one examined him or pressed him to say how his monkey could be a soothsayer, he made a monkey of them all and filled his pockets. Yeah, that was funny. Uh, that was pretty good. Also, we're... A- <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I was just going to say that uh, Cervantes, in this month's installment of Cervantes, colon, still mad. Yeah. He does have a thing right at the beginning of chapter 27 where he complains again that it was the printers who left out a bit in the first book about when Sancho's donkey got stolen. Because this is that guy. Yeah. And I do think that this gentleman doth protest too much (laughs) about it being the printer. And then he also blames the printer for something else later. Listen, Andrew, because he stole the donkey, which is definitely a thing that he put in the first part of the book, that's why he he needed his new monkey soothsayer identity because he was on the lam. Mm -hmm. It's definitely not a thing that he forgot to put in the story. Yeah, no, he, he was the printer. Uh, closing out this chapter, we do hook up with Don Quixote and Sancho real quick. They have a quick run in with uh, some armed representatives of the town of Donkey Brayers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought and this I believe was gonna... Sancho insults them in some way and they are run out of town. I, I was struck by the part where Don Quixote tries to defuse the situation by saying that no an entire village can't be insulted and an entire village can't insult you. He says something like one person cannot represent their entire community, basically, which okay. Sancho's like, great point. Let me bray like a donkey yeah. and ruin everything. Noted, noted situation diffuser Don Quixote de la Mancha. He had one of his moments of like, huh, is he make? he's making a point <laughs> with passion and verve. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get one of our classic Sancho Don Quixote spat chapters. We get a spat chapter. Yeah, here. we get a little bit of trouble in paradise, if you know what I mean. <laughs> what? Yeah. Sancho's big mad because he got beat up by the donkey people and Don Quixote ran away. <laughs> <laughs> And Don, what does Don Quixote say? Uh, and so I confess that I withdrew, but not that I fled. Yes. And in this, I have imitated many valiant men who have waited for a better moment. The histories are full of such cases, but since they would not be to your advantage or my taste, I shall not recount them to you now. Don Quixote read The Art of War, I guess. <laughs> Lots of people have done what I just did, and it was totally brave and valiant and not a big deal. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why you're mad. Yeah. Sancho threatens to quit lest he get a raise, basically. Uh, and Don Quixote gets big mad and calls him 
a donkey. Who said big mad to you recently? Where you I don't know. Up? Where'd you get <laughs> just, it from? This whole passage gave me lots of big mad energy, and I don't know why. <laughs> but he calls uh, he calls Sancho a jackass, and he does it with such anger that Sancho breaks down into tears and says, "Yes, I am a jackass. I'll shut up now." <laughs> and then Sancho's like, "Hey, pay me." And Don Quixote is like, no, my squire yeah. is unionized. Mm-hmm. Um, I, how much do you? Th- how much do you think that I should pay you? And then Sancho lays out that he should be paid a bunch, including like compensation yeah. for the insula that he doesn't have. Yet. Yes. And then he's like, I've been in your employ for like twenty years. Does that sound right? Like twenty, about twenty years. It must be more than twenty years, give or take three days. He says. And Don Quixote says, no. It's been like My travels in the Sierra Morena or in the course of all our sallies took barely two months. And you say, Sancho, that I promised you the insula 20 years ago. Yeah. And then he complains about having to pay his employees, but then he says he'll do it. Yeah. But then then we, then we he calls him a jackass. And yeah. Sancho promises to shut up for all yeah. time, which he definitely mm-hmm. does not. Which you don't never, never, I got, never shut I up. got energy from this passage, Andrew. That we were, if this were a Saturday morning cartoon, then this episode would then transition into like, and now for some kooky reason, Sancho's the knight and Don Quixote has to be the squire. Like the the level of they need to understand each other's position happening. I got just, I don't know. Hmm. like, And then I guess they would discover that it was... It was better for both of them to go back to the original. Yeah, that's usually how that works. We all learn a lesson about our own selves and about our partners in those episodes. Yeah, for sure. Um, But it doesn't happen because this is not that book anyway. No, because it's Don Quixote by Miguel de Cervantes. Yeah. The next one is the one about the boat, right? Yeah, it's uh, regarding the famous adventure of the enchanted boat. (laughs) I like and the, this one. It's just more, man. It's this just feels like a Don book Quixote one. Nonsense. So, okay. So big picture on the episode, the chapters we're talking about in this episode. I think mm-hmm. the back half of these chapters is more interesting, is way more interesting half. and is doing something actually different from what we've seen before. This boat chapter is just like straight. Cervantes said, what if I played you the hits? Yeah, he just is. Like, what if windmills, but water? But water mills. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's basically like he sees a boat and is like, oh, I bet a wizard put this here so I could help a knight who's captured. Yeah, so he and Sancho get on the boat and then they're going down the river <laughs> and they see these water mills and Don Quixote's like, oh no, they're monsters or something. Oh, no, the guys the- who work at the mills, they have bread dust all over their face and so he thinks that they're kooky monsters and (sighs) cookie monsters he does think that they are cookie monsters and they stop his boat from ruining the water mills Mm -hmm. he put they push him and the boat off with their big like poles and in so doing they sink the boat yeah sancho and don quixote nearly drown the fishermen who the boat belonged Uh to not wizards but fishermen Mm mm-hmm come out and are like what did you do to our boat and don quixote gives them the typical nonsense about how it's they were 
what they're trying to fight monsters or something no he says i will gladly pay for your busted boat if you give me the knight that you've captured yes right there you go and they're like what are you talking about and then don quixote sullenly pays for the boat and the two of them stalk off to their next i think there's a bit where he yells really loud he's like hey whoever captured knight you are i clearly can't save you these people won't let me as they walk Mm -hmm. away the character beats in this passage that i did like were that opens with Don Quixote just liking nature, just looking at nature and liking it. That was sweet. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. And there's a bit where they have to tie up Rosinante and the donkey to get in the boat. Who, not the one who was stolen in book one, who was left out by the printer. It's another yeah. more yeah. recent donkey that Sancho has gotten, um, who he's very affectionate with. Well, and yeah, and he's very sad to leave them. And the, they're getting all upset that the boat is drifting away. Like that, just a little character. I like the little character notes in this passage more than let's fight a different type of mill this time. <laughs> sure. Uh, but then chapter 30 is where things pick up, Andrew. Yeah, because we find some Don Quixote fanboys, or fan fan people, I guess. A a couple that is very into Don Quixote. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Duke and Duchess, they've read the book, they've read all the adventures, they know all about Don Quixote, they know all about Sancho, and they decide from the get-go to treat both of them like... They are a knight errant and a squire yes. in a book. And, it and that's is, how it begins. Yeah. And they are super, in particular, the Duchess, the Duke and the Duchess. The Duchess is really into Sancho's whole deal. Because I guess that wouldn't, if you were reading this book, and of course, in fiction, they have read the first half of Don Quixote, the book that we read. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't necessarily like believe that Sancho could be that way, and then you'd meet him. You'd be like, "Holy crap, this guy!" Oh, wow, he really is this way. <laughs> uh, so, as they, they had read the first part of this history, and consequently had learned of Don Quixote's absurd turn of mind, waited for him with great pleasure and a desire to know him, intending to follow that turn of mind and acquiesce to everything he said. And for as long as he stayed with them, treat him like a knight errant with all the customary ceremonies found in the books of chivalry, which they had read and of which they were very fond. So just like it's this is how it begins with like dinner and a couple of like altercations like between Sancho and the help and Don Quixote gets his beard washed and Sancho's like, I want my beard washed. And then a bunch of like dishwashers try to wash his beard with dirty water. Uh, That's it's so funny. Everybody is just walking that fine line between punking them. And trying to keep them on the line. Yes. Like, yeah. Well, and what I like about... I I had to, like, think this through. In the moment, it wasn't as clear to me. Is that, like, they they are aware of Don Quixote. And it's clear that they like this idea of keeping up his fiction. But they're also trying to get a lot of information out of him and Sancho. Mm-hmm. Like, they keep questioning him about how Dulcinea works as a concept. <laughs> and he's like, listen, I can only sort of explain it to you, but I'm pretty sure that I'm immune to enchantments now, so she must be the one who's enchanted. Because uh-huh. as you remember, he got out of that cage, so he is immune. He, he reasons that his knight's superpower is being immune to enchantments forevermore. Right, and we know that she's enchanted because instead of being beautiful, when he ran into yeah, just some random woman on the road who Sancho told him was Dulcinea. Yes, <laughs> she's you know she couldn't possibly be 
or smell or speak <laughs> that unattractively. Yeah. So he's cl- really, really bothered by he this. He really is. Um, they make a priest mad and Don Quixote wants to really wants to beat up a priest, but doesn't this priest like he's not really in on the joke. No, really. he really isn't. He, he really. And so I got for a minute here and then it doesn't, unfortunately it doesn't get carried through because um because uh the duke and duchess are still like punking oh yeah everybody but i you know the episode of the simpsons it's homer's enemy is the name of the episode okay where frank grimes is a Mm -hmm. man who yes has struggled for everything he's ever gotten and he comes to town and Homer is an idiot, and he has a stable job and a loving family uh-huh. and all the things that, that Frank Grimes has never had. And then Frank Grimes dies. <laughs> it's a very dark episode of a show made by people who were pretty sure that it was going to end in the next like year or two. <laughs> but this this like bishop or whatever, I got Frank Grimes energy off of it. Oh, for a yeah. Bit. Because he starts, by the habit I wear, I must say that your excellency is as much a simpleton as these sinners consider that of course they must be mad since the saying applaud their madness. Stay with them, your excellency, and for as long as they're in this house, I shall be in mine, and I exempt myself from reproving what I cannot remedy. And I just wanted to, I wanted to see more of this dynamic where everybody is buying into Sancho and Don Quixote's nonsense, but then there's one guy who's trying to be the voice of... (laughs) reason he was just totally getting overridden at every like it would be a different dynamic than what we usually get in these no and it's it's fun too because it's made clear that this duke and duchess have been really like horny for this book for months and the priest like hangs out at their house all the time and he can't believe that they've been reading this it's like when your friend is into a television show that you think is stupid Uh uh-huh like when i kept watching battlestar and you couldn't believe that i was still watching battlestar I guess we probably find a more recent example than that too. Did you like, for example, um, Camille and I are watching the uh, the League of Legends Netflix cartoon. I've actually heard that's very good. <laughs> it's not bad, but the Imagine Dragons theme song is a crime. And yeah, the, and also in the show there is a version of Imagine Dragons that plays the song in part of an episode, and I wanted to die. <laughs> okay, I I actually. Sure, that could this be is like an when example. you try to tell me about the Belgian version of well, Dumoul. listen, <laughs> it's the best television show that's ever been made, uh, best okay. reality show that's ever been made, anyway. Um, other than Punked, which all of these chapters are based on, <laughs> clearly. Yeah. Um, I did like the priest stuff, I liked that um, when Don Quixote was defending himself on my page uh, 666, the word sin was used right under the number. Ooh. That was cool. Yeah, the printers getting I got. clever. That's um, why they're taking stuff out, is so they can do cool stuff like that. <laughs> uh, but the they get rid of the priest, as you said, when they wash his beard and do the soapy beard prank. The, <laughs> the prank is just that they put a lot of soap in his beard, well, and they make him sit there with all the soap in his beard the, while they go to get more water. The prank is that they were supposed to like give him a bowl of water to wash his hands in, and the the servants. We're like, no, idiot, put your face in it. We're going to run away and leave you all soapified. Hilarious. And the thing that the Duke has to walk around and like walk the line of is like, he didn't tell the servants to do that. They were getting in on the action themselves. 
Mm-hmm. And then the Duke is like, well, I guess do the soapy beard trick to me so we can pretend it's a custom. But I swear to God, <laughs> if you do it to me, if you do it to me the funny way, you're all fired. <laughs> they send Sancho off to get his own weird bath treatment, which doesn't go well. I don't really. No, that's re- Yeah, that's he ends up running back into the room. The Benny Hill music yes. is playing. He's being chased by yeah dish dishwashers who are <laughs> holding up nasty soap, nasty like brown dishwater. We get some alone time with the Duke and Duchess and Don Quixote. They ask more questions about the Dulcinea thing. Um, they ask him a little. They what's interesting is they are asking him questions from the book that are from the spots where Don Quixote like wasn't on screen. Which is always interesting to like. This is an interesting dynamic now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's the part you'd want to know about, right? Well, yeah, but that's the other like no one else who is. So in the first part of the book, when anybody was like going along with the fiction of Don Quixote, it was like his family and neighbors who were just trying to get a ruse that would convince him to come home. And these people, we don't know what their deal is. What's their end game? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. They don't. They're not out. They are Duke. They're a Duke and a Duchess. Like, what are they going to get from just like messing with this guy? They are nobles, and all they have is money and time. Craig, all they have is money and time to torture people with. This is how rich people act. God, I am so I have been led to believe. Squid Game over here. Um, the part in the, and there's another uh, corresponding part where the Duchess and Sancho are are talking. Doncho in a minute. Doncho and the Suchess. That's uh, their power couple. Yes. Name, Don, Doncho. And there's like a bunch of other ladies in the room, but they don't really talk except for that like older lady who doesn't like Sancho. But um, but um yes. the the part that I liked where Don Quixote is talking to the Duke and Duchess is the part where he like says the things that he would never say to Sancho. Oh, I love that part. Yeah. That proves that. <laughs> On the other hand, I want your lordship and ladyship to understand that Sancho Panza is one of the most amusing squires who ever served a knight errant. At times, his simpleness is so clever that deciding if he is simple or clever is a cause of no small pleasure. His slyness condemns him for a rogue and his thoughtlessness cons- confirms him as a simpleton. He doubts everything and he believes everything. When I think that he is about to plunge headlong into foolishness, he comes out with perceptions that raise him to the skies. In short, I would not trade him for any other squire, even if I were given a city to do so. I love and it. It's just very, it's very, a very nice little. I put a big heart in the margin next to that section. Because you do start to wonder, especially when you get to another, like, you know, marital spat chapter yeah, where yeah. they're just like sniping at each other because they're both tired and sick of each other. <laughs> <laughs> you do need, I think, a little bit of this to, yeah, to get you tell through. Tell you why they're still. I mean, I like if you're making any nods to reality and and like interpersonal interactions at all, <laughs> I, and, and you want to make sure that it makes sense that the people would still be together. Like you need to drop little breadcrumbs like this. And so that is something here. No, you're that, It's a great point because I think that is something I don't think about older, these like kind of like several century old texts having the same like notion of character development that we expect from books today and sure. stories and stuff like that. It's usually kind of archetypes being moved around. And I'm thinking that's most of what this is, is like Don yeah. Quixote and Sancho Panza are defined characters who are thrown into 
many wacky situations. Which is why we keep referencing like cartoons and sitcoms, I think, because it does have that energy. But mm-hmm. this is something that pops up increasingly over the course of the book in a way to kind of like justify why it's still happening, she said, or to kind of like um the scene with this the Don Show scene, the thing to point out there is the Duchess is like, hey, can you just like tell me what the deal is? And uh, Sancho Panza checks under every surface to make sure that Don Quixote can't hear him. And is smarter like, than I would have yeah. <laughs> credited Sancho with being, by the way. And he's like, yo, guys lost his marbles. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, well, aren't you the madman for following him? And then Sancho says a, a paragraph similar to what you just read. He goes, this is my fate and this is my misfortune. I can't help it. I have to follow him. We're from the same village. I've eaten his bread. I love him dearly. He's a grateful man. He gave me his donkeys. And more than anything else, I'm I'm faithful. And it's impossible for anything to separate us except the man with the pick and the shovel. Which I guess is a reference to death, yeah. says the footnote. Which but is yeah, very and, sweet. and then a little earlier he says, the first thing I'll say is that I believe my master Don Quixote is completely crazy, even though sometimes he says things that in my opinion and in the opinion of everybody who hears him are so intelligent and well-reasoned that Satan himself couldn't say them better. <laughs> so they both have this moment where they're like, yeah, like the popular perception of this person is 100% accurate and I totally agree with it. Yeah. <laughs> but also, on the other hand... They're not so bad. They're not so bad. Um, and so she quizzes him a little bit about Dulcinea. And she tells him, hey, dude, uh, we have a bunch of enchanters that we hang out with all the time. They're up on the enchanter gossip. And that definitely is Dulcinea. You are the one who is deceived, Sancho Panza. Yeah, because I thought Sancho, like, she's the first one that he spills the beans to about yes. Dulcinea. Correct. Right? Yes. And she is like, she comes up with a clever ruse where she just says, no, no, Sancho, you are mistaken. This is all true. Oh, boy. <laughs> this, this is not, uh, you are Truman in the Truman Show. This is all mm-hmm. for you, Sancho. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, that's a big relief because I can't be carrying around this type of <laughs> stuff to think about. And it's honestly better that maybe some of the stuff my master says is true mm-hmm. so that I don't have to worry about how crazy he is. And she's like, mm-hmm. don't you worry about it. Um, and then he also dishes on the Montesinos cave, which is important because chapter 34 kicks off big trick time, Andrew, where first they go yeah. hunting. They just mm-hmm. go hunting for boar. And then you just talk about like why you go hunting and Sancho's like, eh, this is too, I'm too lazy for this when I'm governor, which is something the the Duchess has promised him a governorship. Oh, because the priest was like, you'll never be a governor. And the Duke and Duchess were like, nah, he's going to be a governor. We'll make him a governor. Yeah. So this is kind of one, it's an insurance policy for the insula thing. I think maybe it is, it is over and above the promise of the insula that he's been, but it's, and it is way more real to Sancho. I think than anything Don Quixote has promised him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but while they're talking about hunting, Andrew, what comes out of the woods? (laughs) Do you remember? Is it uh, Merlin? No, that's the next chapter. This is when a devil walks up. Oh, it's just, yeah, just like a big monster. And he's like, Hey, some enchanters and some Dulcin and Dulcinea are in town. Yeah, Buckle and so up. at the at the end of the previous chapter, just to lift the curtain a little bit, the Duke and Duchess are like, 
we're going to plan a bunch of wild pranks mm-hmm. that are totally consistent with everything that happens to Don Quixote and Sancho in the book. And we're basically going to do some Don Quixote LARPing with these <laughs> two for as long as they're here. Yeah, we're just going to keep it going. And, and so you, the reader, know, oh, this is not an actual monster. This is just an elaborate prank that's being staged yes for don quixote's benefit and the demon is like hey i'm looking for don quixote don quixote raises his hand and he's like hey dq you gotta stand here and wait for my boys Mm -hmm. um and everyone's a little confused because it is a demon so maybe he's lying but don quixote needs to know what's gonna happen and then the parade of enchanters arrive andrew uh, and this is this is where we get into some more Dulcinea stuff, right? Where yes. Like, so, is this somebody who's supposed to be like representing the spirit of Dulcinea or something? Okay. Like a, a hot person between the ages of seventeen and twenty several, has appeared. Several carts of magicians have rolled out of the woods. Montesinos himself is there. Mm-hmm. Um, some other some other jerks. Uh, Lurgandeo, I don't know, they're making up names. And then a guy whose face looks like death claims to be Merlin Mm -hmm. and is like, hey, this lady in the sheet in the cart next to me who you can still tell is super hot, I broke the enchantment on Dulcinea briefly so that you could see and remember how hot she is and I'm going to tell you how to break the curse. Mm Mm-hmm. Andrew, mm-hmm. how can they break the curse that Dulcinea is under? This is Merlin well, speaking in verse to Don Quixote. It's it's going to require some uh, some work from one Sancho Panza. Oh yeah, and he's going to have to uh, be lashed three thousand and three hundred times. I believe is the number of times. Yeah, he needs to give himself that many lashes mm-hmm. though later merlin is like if you need to have someone else do it you can <laughs> well and he's also like we will we can reduce the number of lashes if you're willing to let somebody else do it oh yes and you, there's no timetable for this you just do it when you need to mm-hmm. and then dulcinea will be hot again yeah. and don quixote basically grabs him and <laughs> physically and verbally shakes him to tell him that this is something that he's going to do. Don Quixote says, you'd better do this or I will give you 6,600 lashes. He threatens to tear out his soul, Mortal Kombat yeah. style. Mm-hmm. And then the the purported Dulcinea is like, listen, Sancho, they're going to take me to some other plane and like keep me here until I get fixed. So you got to do this or else I guess I go to hell or something. It's pretty unclear Mm -hmm. and then the duke is like listen sancho if you don't do this i'm not going to give you the governorship and that's finally because sancho doesn't want to do he really doesn't want to do it sancho doesn't want to do anything he's not a big thing doer sancho panza (laughs) he doesn't love doing stuff just as a rule no no um and so yes he's been asked to (laughs) lash himself (laughs) three thousand three hundred there's this whole little passage where he's like oh i don't want to do it and then i think merlin is like you know people going to catholic school do more than this lash wise like every day this happens to a lot of people sancho clean your plate basically (laughs) um and so he agrees to do it not without a lot of consternation and 
we got one more chapter here, which is setting up the next scheme. Um, quick check in with Sancho and the Duchess where she's like, hey, how's your butt? And he's like, listen, I whipped it five times. It didn't hurt that much. And she's like, maybe you should whip it with something harder. And he's like, I don't know. Tomorrow, I'll give you a whip that will be perfect for you and suit the tenderness of your flesh as if the two were sisters. What? What? (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you a whip that's like your butt's sister. Yeah. That makes total sense. He, uh, Sancho's written a letter to yeah. his wife, yeah, which is like vaguely condescending and is just like telling her how to act like the wife of a governor, which she definitely is. Yep, and the Duchess like promises to send some fancy clothes with it to like prove that it's real, mm-hmm. which is both nice and mean. It's nice in it, the whole thing is mean. mean. The whole thing is mean. Yeah, uh, and then one more set of strangers shows up. Triffle Dean, yes. the uh, the person who Sancho's been feuding with the entire time that they've been at the Duke and Duchess's house, yeah, also has a squire. Oh no, it's a different. I thought it was a different duenna. I, I mean, don't think it's the same can person. There be? That's that's a term for like an old lady who is like a uh, like a chaperone. It's another duenna. Okay. It's another duenna. I like, I would like it better if it were. It's no, I don't the think lady that it who's is, been though. beefing with this whole time. I well, mean, maybe, fine. well, we don't know. Maybe it will be played by that lady because these are all like members of the LARPers. They're yeah. all, yeah, they're all staff members. I think the guy who played Merlin was their butler. <laughs> uh, but yes, these sad boys show up and they're like, we represent Countess Trafaldi, the Dolorous Duenna, and uh, Don Quixote is like, I guess show her in. I'll help her. He seems a little like skeptical, which is the I most would, he's if, been this entire time. Yeah, were I him, I would be like, "This is a bit usually, much, right?" Usually, the real world, usually the haters have intruded upon my <laughs> worldview at this point, and I'm confused about why they haven't yet. What's something's afoot? Here. Where are the haters? Why are they not here? Mm-hmm. Why is no one throwing rocks at me yet? Yeah, well, I haven't been knocked off my horse in like three days. Yes, and somehow you've convinced Sancho to hit himself. That's not normal. <laughs> yeah, I abuse Sancho. That's yes. not for everybody else. Well, I mean, uh, give or take a blanket yeah. throwing. So how do you feel as we close up here, Andrew? How do you feel about the Duke and Duchess? This is an, it, it's a I brand mean, new dynamic. They're different. They're definitely different. They're being very mean. Yeah. But they're also shaking things up. And I do need the book to be shaken up for me a little bit at this point. I am part of it is just that I woke up at 5 a.m. with the gas company jackhammering the sidewalk down the block. And so I'm just pretty tired in general. But I'm also ready to like we've been reading Don Quixote for a long time. I know there's more Don Quixote to read, though. I know. So, yes. Yeah, so I'm glad to have somebody mix it up and give us like things more hooks to grab onto that's not just like oh yeah this time they fought watermills yeah for sure do you this time this time they fought watermills was my like least charitable prediction for what a second book of don quixote oh yeah Uh uh-huh yeah yeah do you think that the duke and duchess are supposed to represent us and how we feel about don quixote i don't i wouldn't read that much into it 
I think they're just the idle rich, and this is what they do for fun, mm. for kicks. Just trying to figure out why he put characters who know about the book in there. I mean, there aren't the first characters who we have encountered who know about the book. Book two opens with a big exchange with people who've read the book. Like The book is an established work of fiction yeah. that has been read far and wide at this point. So I guess this is just the payoff of that. Yeah. Because yeah. the only other person that Don Quixote has encountered on the road was the guy from their town, but pretending to be a knight. Yeah. The proto the guy man from their of town the pretending to be a knight. And then there is that like other guy before they sally forth who's like with them for a little while, but he's the one who tells them that the book exists in the No, first that's place. the guy who becomes the knight. That's the guy. I don't know if that's right. Yeah. He's pretending to be a knight. It's that guy. I don't know about that. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. There are two set. Well, whether it's the same person or not, there are two separate incidents that are doing different things in the story. Sure. <laughs> but it is established that a lot of people have read this book. I just don't know where this is going to go with these with the Duke and Duchess. I don't know. I think they just prank Don Quixote and Sancho for a while and then something unfortunate happens where Don Quixote and Sancho leave but also the Duke and Duchess get off the hook and don't actually have to do any of the stuff that they've promised. Yeah. I'm not going like, like that's that. where we're going. Yeah. I'm not going to like that. I mean it might I don't know how it ends. It might end with a happy like Sancho's governor and Don Quixote is I don't know, dead or <laughs> like I want him to like inadvertently like destroy some of their property. Mm-hmm. Or on purpose, he's, he's done a, a lot curious, of property. You want you want to get some curious George up in up in your maybe, yeah. It's really only season one of the show where George causes major property. And there's an episode of the first season of <laughs> Curious George where he wrecks a skyscraper. Whoa! Like a an under construction skyscraper, but then the architect comes and says, actually, the way that they were building this was wrong, and the way that it's all like bent out of shape now, I like better. So thank you, George. Whoa. Which I'm not, I don't think that's how like zoning works. That's not <laughs> how that works. No, they got permits for how that was going to go, yeah, I'm just giving you some context for my Curious George references, because I find that they're not as universal as I would like them to be. No, that's reasonable. You're, you're in that George hole. Anyway, I'm this. I'm I'm not. I am not divine comedy tired of this yet, but I will be ready to be done with it. Sure. Well, next time we're going to talk about chapters thirty-seven through forty-seven of Book Two of Don Quixote. Um, I wreck it. I don't know if we're going to get to the end of the Duke Duchess stuff in these chapters. I haven't read ahead like a to a summary to know, but mm-hmm. I imagine we will. Find out more of what they plan to do to our heroes. See the man who tips the needle. See the man who buys and sells. See the man who puts the... We are just waist deep in the back half of this book. Uh, it's coming up. I'm, I might drown by the end of this one. But uh, what are we talking about? Chapters 37 through 47 of... Book two of Don Quixote by Miguel de Cervantes, translated by Edith Grossman. I did that with my eyes closed, see if I could do it. (laughs) Yeah, no, you did a good job. (laughs) What do you remember about the last time on Don Quixote? 
Last time on Don Quixote, the big the big thing, big news yeah. about town is that Don Quixote and Sancho Panza showed up to this Duke and Duchess's house. They were welcomed in. They were welcomed in. And the Duke and Duchess are big time Don Quixote fans. They've yeah. read the book. They know all about his adventures. And they've decided that they are going to spare no expense in setting up fake situations for Don Quixote to like work his way through. Yeah, because this isn't just like meeting a celebrity. This is meeting a celebrity who does not understand the world in which they live. Sure. And so now you can also punk them. What celebrity would be the easy? I mean, I think there'd probably be a lot of them that'd be easy to do this too. But like, who are some of the least self-aware ones who you oh, could most easily that's... trick? I bet I could trick Chris Pratt. Mm, I don't know what I would probably... trick him into. He's tricked know, himself he's... into a bunch of stuff. He's not really a celebrity per se, but I think if you trapped Ryan Lochte, <laughs> oh yeah, no, that I mean that one interview that he did, right? Yeah, you was... could definitely definitely convince him that he was riding a horse up into the mountains <laughs> yeah a wooden horse up into the mountains that's that's so that lays right. the that lays the groundwork for what we're doing here um chapter 37 you almost don't have to talk about because it is literally just like we're starting a story the dolor dolorous duena is here mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. the chapter ends and here the author concluded this brief chapter and began the next one following the same adventure which is one of the most notable in this history hey cervantes do you know how chapters work yeah it's you good. could just have kept going this chapter is not that long no the 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 big thing from the last one that we need to just cover though is that one their biggest prank involved some fake wizards yeah. And a fake Dulcinea. Uh-huh. And the wizards said that Sancho had to spank himself 3,300 times, and that would cure Dulcinea of the ugly curse that mm -hmm. Sancho made up, but now they've convinced him he didn't make up. Sancho's big into getting pulled into his own web of lies. Yeah. Um, and that happens now, more than that happens at least once that I can think of off the top of my head in yes. this sequence too. And the Duke, Sancho gets high on his own supply. He gets. <laughs> you're totally right. And the Duke has promised. Uh, he has promised Sancho uh, his governorship if he goes along with the plans and does the spanking yes. and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. So now we've got the duennas. We've got the Countess Trafaldi, who's the the dolorous duenna. Sancho doesn't like duennas. He doesn't like these old nannies. End of story. New chapter. A dozen duennas led by the sad countess come in, and she falls at Don Quixote's feet and begs for help. What is her problem, Andrew? I mean, the at the end of the day, her problem is that she has a beard. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, presumably, because this is like, there were just like... 1500 years where a man dressing as a woman was like the funniest thing that anybody could do right yeah and so that's the school of comedy that that don quixote is working in here yeah is that like these are probably men who are playing women because Correct. that makes it even funnier that they are entrapping don quixote and sancho panza in yes. their strange tale yes and it, it is supernatural for these women to have big beards Yep. Uh, 
And isn't it kooky that Sancho just and funny, just really funny stuff. Don a man dressed as a woman? What? Well, they don't know. They just think that they were cursed. They think that they were cursed by a giant because a, a made up princess uh, had sex with a made up knight and made her made up mom die. And the mom's cousin is a made up giant who is also a <laughs> wizard. Uh-huh. And he showed up and turned the made-up princess and the made-up knight into a donkey and an alligator and made all the ladies grow beards. And so now they're here. And yeah, he you, said, you remember the sequence of events a lot more clearly than <laughs> I did. Like, I think the, the important part is the beard part. The other important part is he said he would end the curse if the, if the, man, the valiant Manchagan would fight him in mortal combat. Uh, not the video game, actual Mortal Kombat. If you would beat him at Killer Instinct. <laughs> Don Quixote has the Killer Instinct. He is yeah. a street fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not a virtual fighter. He's very real. Mm-hmm. Um, the And he said that, the, I don't know, they say he, you alluded to the wooden horse. They say he, he rides around on the wooden horse. All that stuff's made up, obviously. It's just, it's just a guy... Uh, who works for the Duke and Duchess playing a part. We haven't met this giant yet, of course. Okay. Um, now, I did is, this, like, is this the wooden horse part, or is there other stuff that happens we're before getting, the We're horse getting horse to part. the wooden horse part. I okay. do just want to note the part where, uh, while this due- the dolorous duenna is telling her made-up story, and she's like, yeah, and then my mom died because I eloped, and Sancho's like, wow, that's really interesting. Keep going. <laughs> okay. Uh, chapter 40 opens with I don't know if it's Cerv- if it's supposed to be Cervantes or one of the made up authors who's like dang my book is good you, did you it's, catch that part it's, it's whoever is it, it is Seed who Hemet? is so Seed Hemet is the fictitious translator right he's like the Moorish guy who is yes, correct. translating this ad- adventure for us and then there's somebody, and yeah, you're right. I'm not sure if it's Cervantes or who it is. There's somebody a layer above <laughs> him who's yeah. telling us what he's doing. Yes. And so that guy busts in here, here in chapter 40, chapter yeah. XL, because it's big. It's a big chapter. It is a big chapter. Um, yeah, really and truly, all those who enjoy histories like this one ought to show their gratitude to see Hamet, its first author, for his care in telling us its smallest details and clearly bringing everything, no matter how trivial, to light. He depicts thoughts, reveals imaginations, responds to tacit questions, clarifies doubts, resolves arguments. In short, he expresses the smallest points that curiosity might ever desire to know. Let me just explain to you how this book works for a sec. (laughs) I liked later there's another passage where he complains about being confined to Sancho and Don Quixote's perspectives in the first half of Don Quixote, which is why he made up those novels and put them into the story. Uh And he recognizes that people didn't like that they were in there for probably because they also found the novels interesting and wanted to read them on their own time. Uh, so he didn't that's, do that. That's all. what he says. Yeah, right. That's not. <laughs> yeah. That's not you, editor. You, Craig, editorial. No. So he. Uh, so he didn't do any of that in the second half, which I think honestly, he, like, hmm. I could go for a yeah. good like cuckolding story right I about could now. You too. know what I mean? Yes. You know what I, I mean? like. We still are talking about the two friends months <laughs> later. 
I do I'm not going to be talking about these beard women six no. months from now. I, overall, I like the Duke and Duchess stuff. As I said last episode, just because it feels like an escalation of the the whole Don Quixote idea. But we took a while getting here. I was yeah, ready to did. be here a while ago. We sallied out a while ago, <laughs> and yeah. it's and yeah, we're only just now getting. Um, so in this chapter, Sancho is kind of skeptical of what's happening. The Countess is like, "Hey, this giant is like a million miles away. You need to ride his giant wooden horse." Yeah, Sancho doesn't want to do it. Uh huh. Don Quixote is going to make him, and so they send for the horse. <laughs> And then so it comes out of the, the horse. And he comes in and he's he's all made out what Clavelano the Fleet is yeah. the name of the horse. Yes. They, and they Sancho like a big and Don, Trojan horse. Yeah, and Sancho and Don Quixote, what well, they they are blindfolded and made to climb up on this horse. Mm-hmm. And then they sit there and everybody around them pretends that they're riding the horse while they like holds like fire and like they work like, up bellows to make yes. wind like it's all just like very like foley special effects work pretty that early everybody in here is doing now pretty early in the ride sancho and and don quixote are like talking about like thinking that they're in the air and they're like yelling quote-unquote yelling down to the people on the ground and sandra's like it's really weird that we can hear them like they're like right next to us and mm-hmm. don Quixote's is like don't worry about it magic remember magic <laughs> it's very silly i liked it a lot it was a good time it was just like we hadn't seen something like this yet where there's like it's just there's so many so <laughs> i think with them i'm like with everything you to think that none of this none of the adventurous stuff is actually happening because Don Quixote is on his face not of sound mind. Yeah. Right? Of course. But you but a lot of the time you are just with him and Sancho, and so you kinda have to take one of their perspectives at face value. At least like for a decide, little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And at least like in some small way, decide for yourself what really happened. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I guess like it's clearly the book's point is that these two doofuses are riding around doing a bunch of fake stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but like when he got lowered down into the cave hole, like, yeah. you know, it was just him down there. We yeah. just, we have to, we have to believe him or not on our own. But yeah, here they've got an audience who is like actively, indulging them in the in the illusions it's not like a flock of sheep that don quixote says is a is an army it's like a bunch of people pretending to be an army but they aren't actually yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and but the, the, i mean the yeah, go ahead well just that it's like now we are and specifically with sancho and this is going to continue up through the end of this episode because we don't get the completion of his next plot is like how how far is he willing to go in these fictions to get what he thinks he wants to get? Right, Which like is his his governorship, his, his governorship, his, whatever. And yeah, and my so my favorite part, I think, or not even my favorite part, just the part that like stuck out to me the most mm-hmm. is at the end of this horse adventure, where Sancho says that he peaked. Through his blindfold. Yes. And he describes all of the stuff that he saw. Like the sheep that are all these like different colors and all this stuff. And he's telling all the all the people who work for the Duke and Duchess all about it. And like they know he's lying. And he 
I think knows these. He is lying. I don't know if he yes believes his own stuff or not. But they yes. I mean, I, Sancho is great. used to Sancho is used to telling lies to people who can neither confirm nor deny the things that he is telling. Yeah, them. that's a good point. Mm-hmm. And in this case, yeah, it just lies all the way down. I, love I don't know it. what to. I don't know what to do with it. I love it so much because they they start like talking about how high up in the air they must be they start being like wow we must be really close to the sun we must be close to the sun because i feel like it feels warm and like fiery and they have lit the horse on fire underneath them and then it explodes because there's firecrackers inside of it (laughs) and they fall to the ground and all the people dressed as the the bearded duenas have run away and the duke and duchess pretend to be knocked out on the ground and that's when sancho's like yo we just got back uh Oh, wow, there's a note tied to a lance on the ground that says, Good job, Don Quixote. <laughs> the fact that you were willing to ride my magical horse is enough. Yeah, it's a real, uh, like, the real thing was the friends we made along the way moment. Yes. It's like only by being brave enough to even show up consent to go it's it's rocky he didn't even it's not even rocky because it doesn't even lose the fight just saying you would have the fight is enough great job bud good job uh and so the bearded duena's curse has been lifted which is not true because that never happened and then yes sancho's like hey i peaked i i think the spate i think the like goats of many color i think that was like a constellation that he claimed to be playing with the sheep of like there's some they were up in space i got big like ladder uh paradiso vibes from that (laughs) from that whole section sure and then he obviously rushes to the duchess and is telling her all about his adventures and everyone's like oh sancho and don quixote grabs him by the shoulders like if if i'm gonna believe you about this you have to believe my magic cave (laughs) like come on now that that I, i highlighted that too that also is interesting because does that mean that Don Quixote knows that he's lying? It does call some things into huh. question for me. But San- but Don Quixote thinks they went up into space. He just doesn't think that Sancho did all that cool stuff. Just as you want people to believe what you have seen in the sky, I want you to believe what I saw in the cave of Montesinos. And that is all I have to say. It just is very mm. like nudge, nudge. <laughs> it's the way I am. I, I Man, if it. at the end of this, Don Quixote just goes... Yeah, I know. I was just fooling. I was just pretending. <laughs> that would that would make me so mad and so happy. <laughs> uh, the next two chapters are mostly about prepping Sancho to go be a governor. Yeah, so um, Sancho's going to get his governorship. From the Duke. From the Duke. Even though he hasn't finished spanking himself, he's promised to do the spanking, so I guess that's enough. Yeah, by being willing to entertain the spanking was enough to it's as though he actually did yeah it's just like the wooden horse (laughs) there's a lot of really lovely advice that don quixote gives him it's one of those lovely and some of it well it gets bad don't burp (laughs) yeah some of it's don't burp and if you do burp say a more polite word than burp you idiot Uh Mm -hmm. um but some of it's like you know take care of people treat everyone you know kind of equally listen to people like but then he says do not eat garlic or onions lest their smell reveal your peasant origins like i I can't get too fair enough 
I can't get too like misty eyed about the advice that Don Quixote is giving Sancho because a lot of it is like, do not let anybody know that you used to be poor. Like that would be literally the worst thing that you could do is for people to think that you had humble origins. Well, and what's fascinating. Okay. And you're right. Cause he also talks about like, if you bring your wife with you, uh, you know, teach her instructor and smooth away her natural roughness, which is like, okay, come on. Um, but I do like, like just ahead of that, he says, if one of your relatives comes to see you, do not scorn or insult him. You should welcome, receive, and entertain him. Like, don't make him feel bad if he's a fish out of water, you know, because you, you come from people who are not governors, which is kind of nice. And I did like when he gets to the end when he's like, when you, when you need to start like judging people and like their cases... He closes with, you know, mercy is more brilliant and splendid than justice. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you have to rule on a guilt on someone doing something bad, as long as you can do it, like, take care not to offend the victim, but, like, be merciful in your <gasps> in your ruling, which is kind of sure. nice. And then the next chapter is like, yeah, Sancho's like, I can't write any of this down because I don't know how to read. And Don Quixote is like, okay, but stop burping. And then they argue about all well, of... Well, Sancho's like, can you write it down for me? And then I'll just have like my my people Somebody read, read it, it for me just when I seem like I need to be reminded. And then and then Sancho just keeps saying proverbs and they fight for about three or four pages. I, of- I, I, I am... There are elements of this, of their dynamic that I am over. And like this proverb thing, I am... I'm done with it. Like I, I can't... The same exchange that they have over and over again where Sancho says like four stupid mixed up jumbly proverbs and then Don Quixote yells at him about it. Like do we need... Do we need to do it this often? It's. I think it's... I think the point's been made. I'll be careful from now on to say the ones that suit the gravity of my position because in a well-stocked house, supper is soon cooked. And if you cut the cards, you don't deal. And the man who sounds the alarm is safe and forgiving and keeping. You need some sense. Okay. Okay, Sancho. I had fun with these. I thought some of them were silly. I mean, they're uh, all silly. It's just like I it's I have <laughs> done this part already. I liked I liked the ones that made even less sense. The, it's not even that they're mixed up. Like there's no answer to get out of my house and what do you want with my wife? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means. I don't know and there's no footnote for it either to like explain to me why the joke isn't working which happens a lot of the time when there's a joke that's not working and this all escalates to don quixote calling him saying that his 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 plump little body is nothing but a sack filled with proverbs and guile he's he's (laughs) and and santo seems to be pretty insulted by that and he says if you don't want me to be governor you think i might as well go to hell i'd rather go to hell as sancho panza than heaven as someone i'm not basically as a heaven as a governor which and then don quixote no it's it's literally the opposite oh i'd rather go to heaven as sancho than to hell as a governor oh sorry yes 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 thank you um which don quixote hears is like okay you're gonna be true to yourself that's the ultimate lesson thine own self be true yeah and so it does have a very thine own self be true energy yeah in the next chapter uh, Sancho is getting ready to assume his governorship and he goes to the little village that he's going to be the governor of. This is, this is his insula. And he sees somebody who, boy, don't, don't you look a lot like that bearded lady? And Don Quixote is like, eh, 
No, fine. just because this because they look the same doesn't mean they're the same person. Is basically what he says. And then is that when Sancho goes off, and then Don Quixote just starts moping around the castle because his Don buddy's Quixote gone. Is very sad that his his buddy's gone. Yes, yes. And the this Duke is and- this is the part of their dynamic that I do still find endearing. Is yeah. that they they I don't know if like is the right word, but they. <laughs> are definitely close they need each other yes they need each other they complete each other (laughs) they do and because the duke and duchess are like hey i'm sorry you're sad do you want to like be alone with a lady can we hook can we give you a servant to take your clothes off would that be cool no dulcinea and then they what is their plan what this prank was the one where i was like enough is this the music one the music and the cats yeah, it's so it's a lady who is talking loudly outside of Don Quixote's window about how much she loves Don Quixote. Altisadora, her, she says her name is anyway. And Don Quixote's like, man, but Dulcinea, but oh god, Dulcinea's not even here to see how wicked faithful I'm being. Oh, this sucks so bad. She sings a song about how much she it's loves Don Quixote. It's a long song. It's a very long song. <laughs> uh, and then. He sees her later in the house. We'll we'll do the we'll do Sancho's uh, story all in one go as kind of our cliffhanger. I think. Yeah, because the chapters alternate here yeah. at the end, where it's like here's here's Don Quixote and his cat thing, and here's Sancho. And there's little m- maybe succeeding more than you'd think, or maybe failing about it's hard to the tell right amount. Yeah, it's- and there's <laughs> there's little like sentence like chapter ends that are like and now i won't tell you what happens next because let's go see sancho it's like some real comic book like let's cut over here stuff yeah, but right don quixote goes like he's walking down the hall he sees the servant who's into him purportedly and he's like hey can i get a loot sent to my room i need to talk to you later i'll show you why you shouldn't be in love with me or he's like kind of like try to let her down easy i think and tell her about the nature of love yeah and While still being like you know musical and, yeah. and like rad and stuff, yeah. <laughs> and so everybody goes outside. There's a loot in his room, and he sings this you song. It, did you think it came in a crate? It may have. That's I don't know what rarity the loot was. So if you if you if a loot if the loot came in a crate what would you what would you call that like a sick drop like like uh, like what no just like what would you call a crate that had a loot in it a loot crate Uh uh-huh that's funny that i unlock to get my prize Fortnite. jesus (laughs) put don quixote in Fortnite. (laughs) i would like to ride rosinante in world of warcraft he's in a public domain right like i mean you got all these like star wars idiots in Fortnite. get don quixote up where is my in Fortnite? where's my classic literary public domain Fortnite character where is my public domain battle royale let's go really and every year when more stuff gets because stuff's coming into the public domain again now yes like winnie the pooh's in there but not the the red not the red shirt version that's disney's version (laughs) only naked Pooh. i want a platform fighter where winnie the pooh can throw sherlock holmes at don quixote yeah and so every year when more stuff comes into the public domain hey you unlock new fighters yes so where's our public domain battle royales? The game is the question. I have. we've got game designers who listen to this show. <laughs> Get on this it. This is this is this might be our idea, Craig. This might be our ticket out of 
out of podcastville <laughs> let's see if we can figure this out before we're done with the book okay <laughs> which is gonna take 20 years yeah um he sings this song about how uh he loves dulcinea and no one else can be in love with him the duchess is like this i this moment where he's gonna sing which i think cervantes says he's like got a husky but in tune voice yes yeah, it's like a weird beat Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, what if we drop a bunch of bells outside his window and also a cat, a bag of cats that a have bells on them? Yeah, you just have a sack of cats laying around like you do. It was the olden times. And is they didn't throw the whole bag into his room, but some of the cats fell, jumped into his room because they were so scared by the bells? A lot of the cats are in his room and he's like chasing after cats with a sword and then one cat gets stuck on his face and claws him up really bad and the wounds don't heal for eight days. And that's Don Quixote. That's that's the entirety of Don Quixote's story. What he a sings cool a song prank! And then gets like, shredded by a cat. What an awesome prank. <laughs> <laughs> really cool i think i really hope that they kind of ease off i really hope that they don't do anything else to don quixote at this i mean don quixote has a like he'll get like a lung punctured or something like we read of some pretty grievous injuries that he just kind of walks away from like i'm surprised that we even get the nod toward the amount of time that it would take to heal that's true that's true because normally we don't normally he gets his skull cracked and then he's like up doing dumb stuff cat ripped again, out his eyeball and then he just later. shoved a new eyeball in that he yeah, found right. on the ground it's mm-hmm. the eyeball of mustabare yeah it's just the a night of the cat scratch fever <laughs> Got me. i wasn't ready for the nugent reference sorry uh, so in Sancho's Westworld village that he's living in, I don't know what is going on here. Is everyone in on it? What is the most deal people, here? Most people are, but some people aren't. So he there's is... a there's a there's a thing right at the beginning where it's a, uh, the clothing, beard, plumpness, and short stature of the new governor surprised all the people who were not privy to the secret, and even all of the many people who were. So not oh. everybody's in on it, but most people are in. Okay, on it. I think I missed that. That might have been in somewhere in the. I was noting the name of the town, which is Barataria, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and yes, they. So okay, so there are people in the town who are aware that it's a prank, and there are people in the town who do not know it's a prank. Yeah, but that it does sucks seem like for them. <laughs> a lot of people are in on it. Yeah. Okay. So they set him up in like a, like a Judge Judy situation. And they, yeah, and they just have a bunch of people come to him with their babies and he has to decide how to cleave the babies into like there's, and most of them seem to be based on existing stories if the footnotes are, are anything to go off of. So like the, the one, like there's one where a guy's like, I lent that guy 10 gold whatevers. And the guy's like, no, I paid you back those 10 whatevers here. Hold my staff for a minute and I'll swear on this stack of Bibles or whatever it is that I gave you that money. Oh, that's okay. The now trick. give me my staff back. Did you that's, not catch the trick? I sort of didn't catch the swearing trick. I thought no, that's, it was, that's the, that's the trick. Cause you put the, you put the gold in your staff and then you give your gold to the, uh, aggrieved party. Uh, you swear that you gave him the money. Then you ask for your stick back. And Sancho actually catches. He does that. And like breaks the stick in half and like the, the, gold coins are in there and and everyone's he like he's very a genius. just and like 
there's a big contrast between this first chapter we get of him as a governor where he actually seems maybe like he's doing an okay job adjudicating. And then the second one where he mostly complains about how he's not eating enough. Yeah. Did you, um, how did you feel about the one that was just a false rape accusation? That yeah, wasn't no, I felt great. bad about that. I didn't like that one. Didn't like that story. Yeah. Thought the other one where a tailor made a, like five tiny hats to put on his fingers was funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But didn't didn't like Sancho. Uh, just didn't, didn't like, like Sancho that. being like, oh, she's faking it. Yeah. And yeah. So then there's a physician who is untrustworthy. And he is preventing Sancho from eating any of the food. And this seems fair, this like is very doctors, pranky. Doctors before like the mid nineteenth century, I would probably throw them out too. Like they they are they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> and he's just like, Oh, Sancho, you can't eat that. Oh, you can't eat that. And it's very clear that this is just to mess with him and Sancho gets rid of him, which is smart. That makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. He gets a message from the Duke that they're and he can't read it, so he has to kick everybody out except for some trusted servants and the except for the well the secretary so he yeah. he's like who among you is my secretary and one guy steps forward and is like i am because i'm a basque and then the footnote is like everybody knows that basques are trustworthy <laughs> <laughs> that so, was okay. actually pretty helpful yeah um it just sometimes a footnote is really useful to like clue you into a 500 year old stereotype i don't click on all of them but when i don't get a joke or when there's just something that completely makes mm-hmm. no sense to me that I would like to have explained, then I click them, and yeah, they're usually enlightening. Yeah. So yeah, um, masks equals loyalty. <laughs> yes. Uh, and he gets this message, Andrew, which tells him two things. Does it does it say that there's going to be some sort of invasion? There's some sort of force mounting? I think I recall that. It's definitely there's like a threat to Sancho's power there are and there are spies in his court yes right and so you shouldn't eat anything because maybe it's been poisoned yeah and sancho is gonna lose his mind i know he just wants to be eating um and so now sancho is fully paranoid he doesn't know who to trust and they need him to keep being judge judy and some guy comes in and is like i'm hard on my luck can you give me some money and sancho's like get out of here i will not i've been governor for like a day and a half i'm so hungry why would i give you any money go away now all of you give me something to eat otherwise take your governorship back because an office that doesn't give a man food to eat isn't worth two beans he's not wrong so that's where sancho comes down on governing yeah is like where's the food where is the food Where's the which beef? Pretty much, it was pretty much his approach to squiring too. Like Sancho can, you know, as we as we talked about before, can be only himself. That's true. He only wants to be himself. I like the Sancho stuff. I don't know where it's going. I like when Don Quixote got his whole face clawed off by a cat. That was fine. I was kind of confused <laughs> by that prank. You're it's- confused by the prank, and you didn't get the the very clever staff switching gold situation i didn't get that i don't know why i didn't get that i don't know why you didn't get it either hmm. sancho panza got it i know an <laughs> <laughs> I okay think okay here's my public domain quiz show are oh, you smarter than sancho panza? Panza. <laughs> and you get jeff foxworthy to do it oh yeah huh. he's the one who did fifth grader right 
Yes, I think he is. You know you're a Manchegan when Uh huh. You might be a you might be a Manchegan. <laughs> uh all right. I hope that this Duke and Duchess stuff wraps soon. I want to get back to that antagonist night and I want to get Don Quixote home. I would like to get him home. Uh, well, thanks everybody for listening uh, about these pranks and about this food. Yeah, where's the food? I'm st- I'm mad that there's no food here for me to podcast with. I understand that every chapter can't be about a giant horse blowing up underneath Don Quixote, but if more mm. of them had that, that'd be cool. I just like bring the windmills back. Where's the windmills at? I can't I seen any windmills. I mean, they had the water mills. I guess. I guess those were fine. I cannot believe. That the windmills, the windmills were happened like the so long second ago. It was chapter so long of this book. <laughs> you don't see political cartoons where Don Quixote is like solving the problems of a woman with a beard. Like it's <laughs> why is the only indelible image from this book? I mean, I guess I know why it comes really early. Yeah. Because that's because most people read that far and then they put the book down. Yeah. Well, and it's it's it is a perfect encapsulation of what the next hundreds of pages will be. Yeah, that's fair too. Um. Anyway, you can send us your pranks that you would pull on Don Quixote uh, to overduepod at gmail dot com. Hit us up on social media with your ideas for public domain battle royale fighters that you would like to see included in our hit video game. It's our idea, TM, 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 TM. Yeah, I need to go download Unity or something right now and get Mm -hmm. cracking on this. Uh, That's at OverduePod on Facebook and Twitter. We have an Instagram. Sometimes I use it. Follow us there. I don't freaking know. Um, Moby, Moby Dick can be like a summon. Oh snap! <laughs> if it was, if this was Marvel vs. Capcom, like Moby Dick would just take up the whole screen. <laughs> oh man, Mugen Fighter, when? Uh, find us elsewhere. Thanks, patrons. Andrew, tell them everything, please. Overduepodcast.com is the website. If you are listening to this early, you are doing that because Patreon, patreon.com slash overduepod throw us a couple of bucks and you get some stuff. It's fun. You support the show. Everybody wins. Uh, what else? We have links to the books that we have read and are going to read. We have uh, the month's schedule up on the website. Uh, that's pretty much the whole thing. By the time this is on the main feed, we are likely in February or thereabouts. So check our website and check our feeds for what we're reading in February. Yeah. We'll tell you. Mm-hmm. when it's time yep andrew like we say at the end of every episode of jagged little mill uh, an office that doesn't give a man food to eat isn't worth two beans you're right the, the end through the valley comes a horseman wild and free tilting at the windmills passing who can the brave young horseman be he is wild, but he is mellow. He is strong, but he is weak. He is cruel, but he is gentle. He is wise, but he is meek. Well.
Welcome to Jagged Little Mill, a Don Quixote podcast from the folks at Overdue, a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name is Andrew. And we're back. It's been... <laughs> it's been... It's been 80 years since we started reading Don Quixote. <laughs> we're still here. We're still here. 